The Marlins beaten again in game two versus the Milwaukee Brewers. Luis Arias got things going, but after that, just one more hit for this Marlins offense. They were shut down again. Eddie Cabrera was playing with fire. In the end, the Marlins get burned and get beat. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked Up Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you're listening to the pod, of course, hit subscribe and leave a review. Why not? This is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked Up Marlins your first listen of the day. There is a YouTube channel also, guys, If you, in case you missed it. It is also called Locked Up Marlins. Head on over there and hit subscribe if you are watching. You will see the rundown, and you will also see no guest solo pod on Wednesday, the 13th of September. Welcome, 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 guys. Guys, what's happening with this offense against the Brewers? The Brewers are just absolutely shutting down this Marlins offense. Oh, boy, it has not been fun to watch the last couple of days. No doubt about it. The Brewers, I believe, going with a bullpen game this evening. What does that mean? What could it mean for the Marlins? I'm not sure because the bullpen is heavily rested for the Brewers. And so, you know, this could be a bad thing. If you were to say the Marlins were going for a bullpen after they've had like bullpen day after bullpen day, you'd think, hmm, this could be a weakness. But I have to be honest, I'm kind of looking at it thinking this could be a strength here for the Brewers. Uh, Braxton Garrett getting the ball. Uh, it is going at 40 minutes past midnight UK time. Uh, for those in the US, you can then do the translation around that one. Uh, but the Marlins looking to snap this skid here uh, and get the series rolling. The offense has not got going at all. They have been shut down by Woodruff. They've been shut down by Peralta. Luis Arias got things going yesterday with uh, with a bomb. Great to see from Luis Arias, but apart from that, there was just one more hit. Boy, oh boy, this offense has been fully shut down. So how do they go tonight against the Brewers? Good question. Thursday. Uh, is game four, it's a four-game series, of course. Uh, the, the Marlins fortunate here to miss Corbin Burns. Let's not kind of forget that situation here. Corbin Burns, I think, had a, a no-hitter through nine or ten or something against the Yankees on Sunday. So the Marlins missed Corbin Burns, but still have been unable to do anything offensively. This is certainly not the time for the offense to go ice cold. But listen, the Brewers are leading the division. They're leading the Central. Um, you know, they're... They're, you know, built similarly with the Marlins, where they're looking to kind of lean on their pitching and their defense and, and you know, pretty strong back end of the bullpen as well, of course. So, you know, what does this mean for the wild card hunt for the Marlins? You know, let's have a wild card update here. Well, fortunately, even though the Marlins have lost the last two, they're only one and a half games back. They remain only one and a half games back because the Diamondbacks lost yesterday as well, as did the Giants. Um, the Cincinnati Reds have won two on the spin. So they've kind of like gone from bottom of the, the projected pile for the wildcard three spots are kind of like the biggest contenders now to the uh, to the Diamondbacks, just one game back, the Reds. So this is going to be intriguing all the way up to the end of the year now, right, really? Like the Bravos have effectively locked up 
the division. I think they have maybe even won the division. Have they won the division? Maybe they haven't yet. Maybe they can win it the next day or so. Anyway, they've got that sorted. The Dodgers have got that division sorted. Um, the Brewers and Cubs still kind of battling for the Central. But if the Brewers keep playing like this, they're going to take the Central. Um, you've then got the Phillies looking to be the strongest contenders in the wildcard spot, uh, the Cubs equally. And then it's going to be down to the Diamondbacks, the Reds, the Marlins, and the Giants all battling away for this wildcard three spot. Um, the Marlins, after the, they've had a four-game trip and four-game series against this Brewers, then have to welcome the Braves to Lone Depot. Always spicy, always juicy. You do wonder if perhaps you catch the Braves at a good time if they have just won the division and have already kind of locked up the first seed. However, there's guys in that lineup and team that are chasing some personal milestones and Ronald Acuna being one of them, Matt Olson being another. There's other guys chasing other numbers too, right? So this offense is dangerous for the Braves. They won't be slowing that won't be slowing down. And, you know, you can guarantee it that Ronald Acuna Jr., who absolutely despises the Marlins, will look to punish the Marlins. And I'm sure he will rally his guys to do exactly the same. So no hiding spot for the Marlins. They effectively need to win the next two, I think, you know, to really keep in this. I think if they lose, if let's say they get swept here against the Brewers, boy, oh boy, they are behind the eight ball then, in my opinion. Um, but the way the schedule has worked has meant that it's like ultra hard here for this like little spell. And then in theory, it gets a touch easier if indeed you uh, you can actually beat up on the Mets who, you know, fundamentally still have a ton of guys that, you know, were part of that roster that everyone was thinking was going to be like winning the division and going on to, you know, World Series aspirations. So the Mets are no cupcakes. Their, their record stinks. They've sold a few guys, you know, along the way, but... No cupcakes there. The Marlins got to play well. Got to play well. What happened in yesterday's game? Really, for me, the main highlight was Eddie Cabrera. Eddie Cabrera's start was the main start, but, you know, his uh, bulk of innings. Uh, they changed it up a slightly, you know, slightly from the last time out. Chagua got the first inning, uh, and then you had Eddie Cabrera. And boy, oh boy, it was vintage Eddie Cabrera, unfortunately. Here's the final line, in case you missed it. Um, it was four and two-thirds, just one hit. There was two runs. They were two earned runs. There were six walks and five Ks. And the one, the one run was a home run. Um, so yeah, that's vintage Eddie Cabrera, unfortunately. Six walks in four and two-thirds. It's been his Achilles heel all season long. And you know, you can see the frustration, obviously. I mean, he, he came out, he walked the bases juiced. I think with no outs. Bases juice, no outs. <laughs> so, oh man, it was, you know, we were thinking, is Eddie actually going to get through this inning on a day when, you know, it's been bullpen game after bullpen game forevermore. And, uh, you know, you think, oh my days, is he going to get through this? In the end, he did. So you end up with, you know, what in effect, if you kind of flip away the, the opener situation, you end up with Eddie Cabrera just going under five and then you get Chagua, Puck and Soriano picking up the rest. Soriano um, threw 25 pitches, but managed to do that in one and two thirds. So it was pretty effective. Uh, unfortunately, AJ Puck, um, you know, given up another, another run, gave up two hits, but another earned run. AJ Puck's ERA now sitting at 428. Man, I, do you remember those days earlier in the year when AJ Puck was just absolutely elite? I don't know what's happened with Puck. 
I fear that it's it's more mental than it is anything else. But man, that drop off has just been so so sizable, so sizable. But going back to Eddie Cabrera, he I think Skip Schumacher described him as playing with fire. He's playing with fire, and the thing is, is and we all can see this, we all know this, that he's got the stuff to get out of it. But six walks is unsustainable for a team that's trying to win games on that specific day. It's unsustainable. He knows it. Everyone knows it. You know, you don't, you don't need any coaching to say, hey, uh, Eddie, I don't think you should be walking six dudes. <laughs> I think he knows that. He knows it. The problem is, is that we're not seeing the adjustments from Eddie because we've seen that sprinkled all year. It's just been his MO. Too many walks. Gets into these innings where he just walks a bunch, just loses it, just can't find... The strike zone at all. Can't throw anything over the plate. Big problem. Big problem for the fish. However, the thing right now is they have no one else to turn to. The interesting bit is let's let's say that Sandy wasn't, you know, didn't go down. We're going to talk about Sandy after the uh, the first ad break. But if Sandy didn't go down, would, would we have even seen Eddie Cabrera at this point? Like he was sent down to AAA. In the main, he performed pretty well. You know, the walks were still kind of sprinkled in there. Um, you know, AAA doesn't have a ton of, like, studs knocking around there at this point of the season anyway. Um, you know, would the Marlins have actually given him this other opportunity? There's no option years remaining for Eddie Cabrera. None of this, like, last year they got this bonus option year. Going into 24, Eddie Cabrera, there is no margin for error. The question will be is, what, you know, does he, do the Marlins look to move Eddie Cabrera? Could there be a trade opportunity there? It looks like they were trying to sell him last offseason when they were trying to do a deal with the Rockies. So do they look to do something with Eddie Cabrera again? Or do they look to build him back up as a starter? Do they have confidence in him as a starter? Or do they make the decision to think, nope, we're going to transition Eddie Cabrera to the bullpen. We think he can be more effective in the pen. I've heard Alex Carver talking about that for some time, thinking that, unfortunately... And we had him highly projected. We had him as Sandy Alcantara 2.0 before we even, you know, we even heard the name. Probably even before Yuri Perez was born. But for Eddie, highly projected. But unfortunately, it's the, the, the lack of command is just unsustainable as a starter at this point. And the Marlins are serious. Their window is open, seemingly. And so, you know, there can't be any passengers. So I'm very intrigued, very intrigued about Eddie Cabrera and what his future may hold with the Marlins or outside of this organization. We will wait to see on that one. Um, we're going to talk about Sandy. We're going to talk about Sixto. Talk about Jazz. We're going to talk about Kim. There's loads to cover here. Luckily for us, Barry Jackson and Craig Mish, the goats over at the Herald, dropped an article with some interesting information in there. So we're going to cover that. Uh, before we do that, though, guys, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. Yes, sir. And let's get the graphics pumped. Yes, sir. They are there. Boom. Boom on the graphics. And listen, guys, you got to get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get up to $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Not up to. They can get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer 
you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, thanks for joining me, Peter Pratt, on Wednesday, the 13th of September. The Brew Crew continue to layer on the pain. The Marlins offense goes cold. Eddie Cabrera continues to walk every man and his dog. Strikes him out, too, playing with fire, but the Marlins drop another one. Could only muster up two hits, one of them being a Luis Arraez bomb. Josh Donaldson with his first bomb, I believe, as well for the Brewers. So there we go. We do have a Sandy Alcantara update. The update coming via Craig Mish, Barry Jackson in the Herald and Herald article, which drops, which is timely. Hasn't been a ton of updates around this one. We Sandy's traveled with the team, been rehabbing but not throwing with the team. They wanted him around. They wanted his presence, which makes sense. Um, and if he wasn't able to throw, didn't make sense for him just to stay at home. You got to keep your ace in there, right? Right. Right move. Um, so... Sandy, uh, he's been down now for what, a week? Just over a week? Um, but it seems like there's some positive situation coming out here. Seems to be positive, And by all accounts, by the reports here in the Herald, has been presented with two potential paths to a return this season. Wow. That is huge news for the Marlins. I didn't expect that. I thought when I saw this news about Sandy, I thought, Season's cooked. See you in 24. Best case. There was also, back in my mind, thinking, man, oh, man, is this is this TJ? Is this TJ and there's no Sandy Alcantara in 24? Looks to me like there are opportunities that Sandy could return this season. This is huge. Huge for the Marlins. The question is, is how quickly can they get him back if indeed he's pain-free? Um, but... There's and in the, in the article they're talking about it now. They're saying there's one potential avenue that could have him possibly returning this season, provided he remains pain free. In that scenario, he could pitch in games as early as next week. Man, this is huge news for the Marlins. The question is, is how does his arm respond if he starts to throw? How does he respond? Um, there's another option, which is a more conservative approach by all accounts, in which Sandy would remain sidelined for four to six weeks and then be reevaluated in October. Surgery would be an option only if the injury worsens. So there's still that possibility. But from looking at this, this sounds really positive, that if Sandy, if he's pain-free, he could be back as early as next week. Be huge for the Marlins. There's a more conservative approach where he could return in October, ready for the postseason, and surgery is only required if things worsen. Let's hope it doesn't do that. Huge news. Big update. Thank you to Craig Mish and Barry Jackson for that one because, you know, there hasn't been a ton. Um, and, you know, they've been rightly waiting for the information to funnel through and to see how the, the injury heals, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, this feels like best-case situation, which is, which is glorious. Speaking about returns, all eyes, I would say literally all eyes, we're on Sixto Sanchez yesterday. It felt like no one was even watching the big league club. I think everyone missed Luis Arise's home run because they were watching Double A Pensacola. Why was everyone watching that? Because Sixto Sanchez made his first appearance in three years. He started the game. Starter Sixto Sanchez, baby. And the, the line? Let's start with the line. Sexy line. One inning of work. No hits. 
One walk, two Ks. No one runs, no runs. Sounded sexy. Um, what did the gun tell us? Everyone's looking at the gun. What are the fastballs telling us? The, the funny thing was, Sixto, he didn't, sh- he didn't throw a fastball for nigh on 10 pitches. He just went off speed all the way. He was just easing into it. Easing in. However, a couple of Ks from Sixto, even had a K shimmy, gave it the shoulder shimmy. For those watching, you'll see I'm trying to impersonate it, probably with less swag, but either way. Um, and then second K, I think, ended the inning. He just strutted off. Sixto was back, baby. He was back. The velo was way down. He was like topping out at 86 to 88. You just, you know, you got to be careful. Speed guns are a bit wonky there in Pensacola. Bit of propaganda, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But listen, it's not mid to high 90s. Let's just call that out. His velo is down 10 or so miles an hour. Is that a bad sign at this point? I don't think so. I don't think it is. I think right now, just seeing Sixto on a mound facing. Live opposing hitters in a game is a huge step forward, considering where we've been with Sixto. He is no longer throwing from 27 and two-thirds feet. No, he is back to the full regulation distance. Great to see. And let's be honest, a couple of Ks, a couple of Ks in there and a walk. You know, stuff's still there, even though the velo's down. Great to see. Is Sixto looking a bit round? Yeah, he is. But frankly... That's Sixto's physique. He's always been round. He's always had a bit of a booty on him. You know, he's always had a bit of a, a mean Gene Segura kind of physique. Um, does that matter? No. Not everyone has to be Sandy Alcantara or Yuri Perez. You know, the bean poles. They don't. Sixto, he's got his own body. And, you know, frankly, as long as his shoulder's fine and he's throwing gas and it's filthy, he can do what he wants. He can do what he wants. Naturally, there are some questions around that, though. If you are a professional athlete and the club is looking for you to have a body and a work ethic in a similar way. But at this point, everything's trending in the right direction with Sixto Sanchez. And I think that is glorious news because, frankly, I didn't think that we'd ever be talking about Sixto Sanchez doing anything meaningful for the Marlins ever again. And let's be totally honest. This is mid-September in AA. This isn't overly meaningful, but... It's meaningful progress. That's the big thing. We'll wait to see. For me, it's all going to be about what does the winter hold for Sixto? How does he look coming into spring? And fundamentally, can Sixto be a part of the Marlins in 2024? Huge question mark. Huge question. But it's going to be one that will be talked about a lot. Sixto now is back on the radar and we will be speaking about him a lot. Final out of the day, and then I also want to finish up talking about Jazz Chisholm Jr., his 30-30 uh, ambition, maybe projection, again, in the article of the Herald. Also, Kim Ang, Bruce Sherman talking about Kim Ang, kind of, and extensions. Seems to be a lot of GM moves being you know happening right now, and Kim Ang, as we know, is a free agent. Her contract expires at the end of this year, one of the best seasons the Marlins have had in a 162 for many, many years. Um, before we do that, guys, it is time to sound the klaxons and welcome a new sponsor to Locked On Marlins. Yes, sir, we love the new sponsors. We love new graphics. They love a teal. There's something about these sponsors and their teal graphics for the Marlins. We love to see it. Nevertheless, guys, um, 
Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form, and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions any time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than 360 bucks by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional 20 bucks off by using my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's Jace Medical as in J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. All right, guys, final segment here uh, on Wednesday's episode of Locked On Marlins. Thanks for joining myself, Peter Pratt, and making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. Again in the Herald, Jazz Chisholm Jr. talking uh, and quoted, talking about how frustrating it's been that he's not been able to deliver what he wanted on the field this year. The injury, the setback, you know, naturally frustrated over that. What is What's Jazz thinking? What he's thinking is, well, the interesting bit that I took away in this is he's talking about center field because some of the talk this offseason will center around the shortstop position. What are the Marlins going to do at shortstop? Joey Wendell, free agent, he will not be extended. Um, They have some internal options. They may look for external trade options. Who knows? We'll wait to see. One of the other options could be Jazz Chisholm Jr. slide back into you know, the middle infield and potentially shortstop. Um, But in this article, he's talking about, from a defensive perspective, he's talking about center field a lot. And that says to me that Jazz Chisholm Jr. has effectively made that full transition out to center field. And what he's saying in this article is he knows he's a gold glover. He's got that good at center field. He's that good in the position, that comfortable. The Jazz Chisholm Jr. is one of the best center fielders in the game right now. Crazy to say, considering the start, but true. Unbelievable from Jazz. And I think that's going to be his position moving forward. Maybe he likes it out there. I don't think he likes the long run-ins and trying to take the uh, you know at-bat straight away. That's something to get used to. But what he did talk about was the offensive side. The numbers that stood out, Jazz Jr. Junior talking about, he thinks there's 30 home runs in the tank. He thinks there's 30 stolen bags in the tank. There's a 30-30 season in there of gold glove defense at center field. And also, just to cap it off, he thinks and wants to be hitting 300. Jazz wants to go 300-30-30 with gold glove defense in center field. Boy, oh boy, what a player. If he can make that happen, if he can stay on the field, and I know it was a freak incident this year with the uh, the toe, the turf toe on that exposed concrete. That was the Marlins' fault, by the way. Um, but, you know, it all comes down to Jazz. Stay on the field, and the numbers will look sexy. The glove looks sexy. Everything will look after himself. Jazz, I've said this for about the last four seasons, there's a monster season incoming if he stays on the field. Here's a question for you. Who's going to be in the GM's office? Is it going to be Kim Ang? It absolutely should be Kim Ang, in my opinion. One of the best traders 
I've seen in the last couple of years, the deals that Kim Ang has swung via trade have completely blown me away. She somehow managed to swing just some incredible deals. Her trade record is impeccable almost. Adam Duvall aside, we won't, re- won't revisit that one. Bruce Sherman speaking about it, though. In this run-in with the Marlins in the hunt, decided to not create any noise with anything linked to Kim Ang and extensions, et cetera, et cetera. So effectively, whilst the Marlins are in it, we won't have any news around Kim Ang. The expectation is that Kim will be back with the Marlins in 24 and beyond. And let's be totally honest, she deserves it, really does. It has been a stellar job. And frankly, since Derek Jeter left the organization, Kim has flourished in my opinion. And there's still work to do. There's a lot of work to do this offseason. We've already talked about shortstop. We may need to talk about catcher. We may need to talk about outfield. We may need to talk about the bullpen. We'll always talk about the bullpen. But there's a lot to do. Shortstop is going to be the primary position. Do you remember those years where we were always talking about center field? Well, the new center field is shortstop for 2024. Guys, are going to wrap it up there. The Marlins go in this evening. Braxton Garrett on the mound. The Marlins typically win games when Braxton goes. So with that being said, I think they get the win. I think it's time to get the dub. Bullpen game for the Brewers. Braxy going for the Marlins. I think they, they need this one. They badly need it. And I think they get it. Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listener of the day, guys. Thanks for joining me. And of course, I'll be back tomorrow on Thursday to look back on this evening's game. Look ahead to the end of this series. Start thinking about those Bravos. See you then.